This is the Original Judo Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm James Austin. We're back today with the first interview of the year. Uh, it's a bit of a different one as well. We're speaking to one of the creators of FantasyJudo.com. Uh, it's Lance Wicks. If you've if you've not seen it, go check it out. They've got 84 teams playing. It's like a traditional, I guess, fantasy sports uh, game. Um yeah, most of the teams playing are active. My team are the all-conquering Thundering Bulls. So I say they're all-conquering. They're currently running in second place. Um, we recorded the interview way, way back before the first event of the year in Tel Aviv. It seems so long ago. And at the time, I know the guys were still playing with and making changes to the format. I think they still are. But loads have changed. So I've had to edit out a lot of the like less relevant bits. So it's it's shorter than the original recording. Um, the game's really running smoothly. If you've not had a look, go check it out. It's really fun to play and yeah, yeah, test your knowledge against everyone else in the game. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know I do. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the podcast as well. I know it's <laughs> yeah, in that it's not too much of two people just geeking out over stats and league tables and the, the ins and outs of. of of what results could mean. Anyway, over to the interview. Hi guys, welcome back to the Original Judo Podcast. I'm uh, James Austin and we're joined today ahead of the first IGF event of the year by the guy who's running FancyJudo.com. He also runs PlanetJudo.com, the blog. You'll Definitely have seen some of his uh, output out there. It's Lance Wicks. Hi, Lance. How are you doing? Hi, James. I'm good. Nice, nice to talk to you. Thanks so much for, for coming on. I wanted to, to talk to you about Fantasy Judo. Um, obviously, the, the IGF calendar is about to start. And again, it was something I only picked up this week. My um, collaborator, Chris, I think had seen one of your posts on Twitter or Facebook and said... This was something you were trying to run. I've played in previous iterations when they've been like one-off specials around the world. It's something I've really enjoyed. And again, looking at the website, it, it looks really exciting. So do you want to tell us a little bit about where it came from? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, Fantasy Judo, um, most of us in the UK, I think, have played it before. Uh, uh, I know Stefan... Uh, ran one i think the last one he ran was 2017 so it's not a new idea the one before that um matthias fisher if you know him from the igf he i think he ran one as far back as 2005 for the cairo world championships okay so yeah it's just this idea of you know like a lot of us have seen before of you know getting involved with judo in a different way of uh you know the idea is that we pick a team, you have a limited budget, and every athlete costs a certain amount depending on where they are on the world ranking list. Um, and the idea is to sort of try and pick the best team you can afford. Um, I'm terrible at it, which is the worst thing. I don't know <laughs> why I'm doing this. There's some people out there who are really good at picking teams and follow all the players and know them backwards, and I'm just terrible and pick people I know. Oh, I really like them. They're a really nice person, so I'll pick them. And sometimes that's not the best way of doing it. But um, the main thing that we um, are working on it with, you know, uh, with some friends and stuff. And the main thing we wanted to try and do is rather than having it as a one-off is we're trying to do it uh, for the whole year. And that's kind of the main, other than just sort of bringing, having another go at the idea. That's the main thing that we're trying to change up. 
I think that's really exciting. I'm sure a lot of the people, I say a lot of the people, a lot of the few people who listen to the podcast um, will play, uh, I don't know, fancy football or if they're in the States, maybe, I don't know, some of the fancy baseball or other games they've got going on over here. But I, I certainly play the Premier League version every year um, without much success. So it's great to see it. Um, see someone trying to adapt something over the season because the IGF really are trying to make it like a, a season-long calendar now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The tour now, like, like you say, starts now and then just runs all the way to December. The World Tour is just huge. So I do as well, like one of the things, the other things that you're doing that's different is the, the scoring system. And again, I think it's a lot closer to other fantasy games that people play is if people score a throw. Um, you're counting that's points towards the score as well. Yeah, this is this is a bit where um, the thing with the fantasy judo thing at the moment is it's it's actually been a bit of a stealth project since we started, and unfortunately, you need people know what they're doing because I'm not a fantasy sort of football guy. Um, so we're really trying to explore it and sort of go more the American model where they do award stuff for different things. So at the moment, we sort of have it set up so that yeah, Nippon gets you a certain amount of points, and we sort of went with the step with the, what is it, the historical sort of 10 points. But we went a slightly different route where I think in the past it's been done on uh, just that if you win by Ippon or win by Wazari, and we've changed that up and said, you know, if you get a Wazari and an Ippon, it's, it's going to be more. Um, and it's been a really interesting one to sort of talk about. Um, one of the guys I work with on this doesn't do judo at all. Um, I, I'm a software developer by trade and, so is he. So when we talk about it, it's really interesting because I have to keep explaining judo to him and he doesn't understand it sometimes. And sometimes when you're explaining it to him, you go, actually, you know, you know what? That doesn't make sense. That's crazy. Yep. So we were talking about it in terms of, you know, if one's worth 10 points, and like, cool. And then Wazari's worth like seven points. And he goes, okay, cool. But two Wazari's equals an if one. And he goes, that doesn't make sense because that makes 14 points. So we've changed that up and made it uh, a Wazari four points for now. But we have these really nice ideas um, to do things like if you will score if one in the first minute to, you know, get like a bonus point or more points for that than if you get one in the last minute or, or those sorts of things. That itself sounds pretty difficult to implement. Has it been a breeze putting it together or uh, have you faced a few problems on the way? Uh, a few problems all along the way. Um, we've only been at it for a couple of months, so it's not, you know, it's not the... Uh, We've really tried to keep it as basic as we can for now. We don't want to uh, put too much into it until people play with it and kick the tires and tell us what they like and what they don't like. Um, a few years back for uh, for London, I did a research looking at, the, at an alternative ranking system. So some of the ideas that came out of that research project have gone into this as well, to be honest, as well. Oh, nice. One of the things I did uh, notice was that you're hoping people will repick the team before or ahead of every event. Yep. Is that something deliberate or is that something you're having a play with at the moment? So the one of the ideas that I have in my head is that this becomes like a portfolio, which I think is a little bit more like how fantasy football in America works, where I pick my team this week and then trade out some players. Um, so each week, and we have these nice ideas about running a leaderboard. You know, you picked, if you picked a bunch of sort of low-cost players, and then they, you know, they get the ranking list and become worth more. We sort of think about it. If you think of it in terms of you, know, you invest in a player when they're worth a hundred credits, and then they do really well and they go up to two hundred, and you get that sort of 
profit. Yeah. Okay, that you might, okay. if you know your judo, my sort of thought is if you know your judo and you know, ah, oh, so-and-so is a really up-and-coming player, you could pick them early. And by the end of the year, you get, they did well. They're right up there now when you've got this massive, and there'll be that way of ranking the teams as well. Going, you know, this user on the side is so good at picking not just the winners, because that's about the only thing I ever got on the fantasy judos in the past is like the world. Oh, Iliadis might do well, that's my level of expertise. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there, I think, you know, you know, right down in the middle. And that's where the fun, I think, marks the middle round, not just picking the world champions. So um, you're talking about it as if it's not the, the, the finished model yet. Are you, are you asking for feedback? Are you hoping people will get in touch? Yeah, absolutely not the fish model. Oh, boy. <laughs> it may look nice on the outside, but it's... Uh, actually, no, it is quite nice. I, I can't take credit for most of the, the clever stuff in the background. But, yeah, really looking for people's ideas. It, you know, um, to be honest, I don't play fantasy football or fantasy soccer or fantasy baseball or anything like that. So my knowledge of it is fit weak. So um, people like yourself who do play like the Premier League one are really important to come back and say, hey, that makes no sense, Lance. Don't do that. That's that's daft. Or we've got this really crazy idea. Do you reckon you could do it? And uh, those are the ones I'm really looking forward to hearing about. So were you doing some work um, in the last couple of years for the, the IGF or the EJU with, with the, the ranking list? Yeah, actually. Um, up until 2018, I did actually. I was involved with the junior world ranking list for the IJF. So from, I forget which year we started in, but for about three or four years, um, I, I administered the world ranking list. So every week I'd get all the results back from every junior event and push them into the computer and give everybody their points and get, you know, do all that sort of stuff. So it's quite, I, I find it really interesting from that perspective on how you actually build a ranking list is kind of interesting and the effects that it has. And in, um, I think I mentioned it before, I did a, a research project from 2010 through 2012 on an alternative ranking list um, or methodology for a ranking list using a, a system called, this is going to get super boring, but using what's called the ELO ranking system, which is what they use in sports like chess is sort of a, it's a very different system where it uses this idea of if I beat um, if I beat Teddy Renner for example that's a massive achievement and I should get lots of ranking points for that but if I beat if he beats me that's not a big achievement so he should get hardly anything whereas in our ranking systems as it works at the moment is it's a lot more to do with position we give you points for each fight you win but if you get into the top seven your points, you get a lot more points for that in the world ranking list. And I sort of had this theory that it would uh, be more fair if, you know, you beat somebody amazing, you get more points for it. The outcome was basically that it came out basically fairly similar, but it was really it interesting. That was when uh, Tong Wen came back. Yeah. From her ban and... Oh, heavyweight Chinese girl. Yep. 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 When she came back from her, well, when she came back to competition, uh, you know, she wasn't ranked at all in either the world ranking list, the IGF one, or the one oh, I did this right. research project on. And it was interesting because she came in and she beat all the big guns uh, straight away. And it was interesting to see that in the IGF ranking list, it took a look, there was a bit of a delay to get her back up to the top. Whereas in the, the ELO system was sort of faster to respond, but had, had its own little set of problems about how you do it. So that sort of idea and then working on the world ranking list has really fed into doing the fantasy thing of going, know what 
I know I'm a geek, but I think there's a lot of people out there that are kind of almost as obsessed about these things as I am. <laughs> um, is it? <laughs> I think probably ninety um, percent of people who do judo in their own way obsess over the minute uh, details of results of competition of of, of anything um, related to the sport. That's a good thing, man. Like that's where the like um you know I'm really fortunate. I do do get to go to competitions and work with you know the guys in the EJU and the IJF and talk to some of the guys and girls that work in that. And we're uh, everyone in the EJU and the IJF is obsessed about oh, all the results all that. the time. Um, I love that again because I, I I see myself in that picture. I see myself as yeah. Every time a list of results, if I haven't managed to catch the event. You go and pour over the results and try and work out what it means ahead of the the change to the ranking lists. And uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Um, yeah. And, and with things like the new IGF website, it's just so clear that people are just spending all their time looking at the rankings and the athlete breakdowns and the comp- who they beat and all these, the head-to-heads and all that stuff. It's, it's phenomenal what you can get out of it now. Awesome. How long have you been involved in judo yourself? Uh, I've been involved, oh God, since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Um, So I'm from New Zealand originally, and I started when I was at school. Um, I must have been, I don't know, 10 or so. I was really fortunate that I landed in a really, really good club. Um, And then I've done it ever since, and now I'm in my 40s, so it's been a while. Oh, fantastic. So where where do you train? Where do you coach now? I don't know. What do you do? Uh, so yeah, I, I live down in near Southampton uh, on the South coast. So I run a small little club at the university or I help down there, um, through Solent university. So I'm involved down there. Um, just doing, it's all adults. We don't have any kids. We're a bit weird that way. Um, so I, I hang out down there and the judo pop across to some of the local clubs when I get a chance, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down there. So we're obviously chatting at the ahead of the start of this judo year. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything you're particularly looking forward to? Oh, what am I looking forward to this year? There's so much. There's far too much on the calendar now. Um, <laughs> uh, I think this year it's going to be the worlds. It's got to be the worlds because it's going to be where it matters. And you know we're we're in the middle of qualification. The rule I watched. Not all of it, but some of the stuff coming out of Medicine last week, um, out of the coach, uh, the refereeing seminar, and it's nice. Not too much is changing, but you know, it's always. And you probably know better than me, actually. You know that it it gets really tough from this point on. Um, I've only got to watch it a couple of times now, where you know, a competition result matters. Like one fight can make all the difference, where people. Are, you know, this period from now until Tokyo 2020 is just such a roller coaster for everyone. Like for you know all the all the athletes that are really doing it, and for the coaches, and you know for people like me who are just fans, it's just it's a real privilege sometimes just to watch the athletes and to you know I've been really fortunate to sometimes be at the last event that matters for an athlete going into something like the Olympics. And it's amazing to see the ones who walk off the mat in tears because they know they've qualified and the ones who've walked off in tears because they know they haven't. And it's, you know, it's a real privilege to watch. And, you know, like with this fantasy judo thing, it's just 
for me, part of it's just kind of building that because we're all, some of us are like really love the sport and want to follow it more and more and more. And it's just another way of trying to get people more involved with what the athletes are doing. And if people through fantasy judo can follow their favorite athletes and or learn about one more athlete than they didn't know about, I just think that's the coolest thing we can do. I totally agree. And I, th- I think you're right. I think the more kind of part of the reason why I do the podcast is is that I find it really disheartening that there's a lack of of media out there you know there's um there's only a handful of really good blogs the IGF website now is phenomenal um but the more there is um you know it can only be a good thing the more you can keep kids talking about it the more you can keep like for me the more you can keep teenage kids talking about it who all have their own fantasy team you know and talking about the players that they might be trading up I think that's the thing that's going to tie them to the sport for a for a long long time because we all know that that's the age that a lot of people drop out and I think stuff like uh, like this that you're doing I think you know it's, it's a lot of fun and I think that's really important because it'll tie people to the sport they'll remember it and they'll want to do it again um, so good, good work, good effort. Is this um, is this an ongoing project? Have you got other stuff going on at the moment? Uh, this is the main one I got going on at the moment. Um, uh, so basically, this one we sort of set ourselves a goal. We um, sort of in December of getting it ready for Tel Aviv, um, and then after Tel Aviv, I want to see how it went. Um, we're really lucky that we haven't really launched it in a big fanfare or anything. This is kind of the first time I've talked publicly, publicly about it. Um, I kind of slipped a couple of things out on Facebook and Twitter and stuff just so we get some people, but we've got over 60 people signed up now who have picked teams or, you know, had a play and we've got some amazing, just a little bit of feedback. So after Tel Aviv, uh, what was kind of what I want to do is just get some feedback and then, um, talk to some of my colleagues about it and see what, you know, so the general consensus on if this is a good idea or a bad idea, people are going to like it or not. But we've kind of built it so that we can keep it going all year. And then, you know, it, it depends on what people want to do. Everybody's got great ideas. Some of the crazy ideas people are coming up with, with, you know, prizes and um, how to, you know, all sorts of crazy ideas on what we can do with it. So I'm really looking forward to once we really prove that it works because it's all you know untested in many ways at the moment because we've not had a real event uh the one yeah. in tel aviv is the first time we're going to lock off an event and let run the res- try and get the results in and then see what the points are for real users and see who gets really angry and gets really happy but uh, the plan is <laughs> to keep going um that's the main one i got going at the moment um i sort of keep most of my other side projects just ticking over like i got the um, the rwjl.net uh, site back up the other d- week just because I wanted to look at some of the stats from that research project okay. in 2010. So I just kind of keep them going and then uh, look for the next interesting thing that's coming along. And then uh, for me, uh, you know, I'm off to, um, I think I'm going to Dusseldorf for the for that event and, and sort of see what other events I can get along to this year. Oh, awesome. Are you are you going as a fan or are you still working with the, the IGF, the EJU? Uh, I'm hoping uh, that one I should be going um, on the live streaming team. So I, oh, I'm nice. really lucky uh, that I get to work with uh, the IGF live streaming team and the EJU live streaming team and get to spend eight hours a day listening to Sheldon. 
fantastic. It's the best thing. I get to watch it and listen. Uh, when you're working on the live stream, you have to listen to the commentators to know which map they want and stuff. And it's, I just get to listen to Sheldon talk all day long. It's insane. That does sound like an amazing, amazing job. It's normally great, except for the worlds where there's like three or six commentators. That's quite hard to listen to when there's six of them all at once. <laughs> right. And you okay. just try to listen to everything. Make sure, sort of, when I go, we set up the event and stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't know how many people sort of see the behind this. People like you have seen it, but uh, a lot of, I guess, a lot of the people listening don't get to see the behind the scenes very much of how the competition works. And it's, you know, yeah. a lot of really great people putting a lot of effort in, and it's a real. I really love being able to, you know, help a little bit with that. It, but again, having my own experiences, I always thought it was amazing, like just how many people were involved, and and like you say, how many people are involved in, kind of just getting the the show, the show of it out there. You know, um, when I was competing, it wasn't as big or as comprehensive coverage as it as it is now. It's improved, like in the space of an Olympic cycle, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, keep up, keep up the good work. I'm sure everybody appreciates it. Lance, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck. I will be playing ahead of next weekend. I've already had a look. I've cool. started to put a team together. Um, but yeah, I will have a, a full, full yeah. team ahead of next weekend. And hopefully you'll see me around the top of the leaderboard. Hopefully you'll know it. At the moment, I'm top of the leaderboard, in case anybody's wondering, because that's it's me. Uh, originally, it was just me and my my friends working on it, and uh, the main person who's helping with it knows nothing about judo, but he's still coming second. But we both expect to drop out. Um, but yeah, it'd be <laughs> great to um to 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 see what everybody thinks. And uh, this is it's really kind of you to sort of let me talk on your podcast and stuff. I've been listening for a long time, listener, first time caller, sort of thing. So thanks very much for having me on. Now, again, thanks for your time. Take care. So that was the show. Thanks to Lance for coming on and talking to us about Fantasy Judo. Go check out the website. Get involved. It's fantasy-judo.com. And let us know what you think. We're all the usual places on Twitter, on Facebook. It's at Original Judo Pod. Go check out the website as well. Hopefully, we I'm going to try and get back soon with Chris with a bit of a recap from Marrakesh. And if possible, we'll try and get that out before... Uh, Katarinenberg this weekend yeah I'll catch you soon guys